Welcome to another edition to Talking with WIT, Kevin and Son. Hi, my name is Kevin McLemore. I'm a three-time published author and the author of Talking with, no, not Talking with, Dating with a Full Deck. That's my latest book. I'm joined with my co-host, that go-to guy, entertainer, entrepreneur, Mr. Ife, that go-to guy. And I'm also joined with two young brothers, Waleem and Bourne. Um, Naheem Garcia's uh, older brother, if you've um, seen any of the, the movies, he looks a lot like his brother, so he can probably take credit for being with Sandra Bullock, Denzel Washington, and a host of other people. That? <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> uh, you know, this, this episode is brought to you by RMK Productions and the 10 United Podcast. Our mission is through the power of story. We want to uplift through the power of our voice, inspire, share stories and experiences and perspectives using the framework of teaching, learning, and modeling. Our purpose is hope. Today's subject is that D word. Uh, yes, I'm talking about divorce. Um, we're going to talk about um, human experiences of going through the process. We're going to talk about the some of the do's and don'ts when you when you go through the process. And we're we're going to get. I'm going to say raw. Um, this conversation was brought up originally by Bourne's um, brother Nahim. We had a conversation of, of sharing experiences through um, this very unique club that we never uh, volunteered to enter, the divorce club, and talking about life going through the process and life afterwards. So hopefully those of you that are listening to this, that are going through the process, those of you that have been through the process and have not survived the process, and those of you that have moved on in the process. We hope that you don't make the same mistakes that makes you a national charter member of the process. So with that said, in the United States, over 50% of the marriages end in divorce. I always ask myself why. One, COVID-19, during the year that we went through that, had the largest number of divorce um, throughout our country's history. Don't know why. It could be because you found out what your relationship was really about. You also may discover what real child care was about. Yeah, take care of your own damn kids. The other thing is you, you may have been a pretender with your finances and realized life got tough and um, you decided to part ways on that. Or maybe you weren't the person that your partner thought you were. And all of a sudden, because they were with you 24-7, you discovered the truth about who you were with. Also, the United States is rated number six in the divorce rates. Guatemala has the lowest divorce rates of all, with 0.3 rating on a thousand people that were surveyed. But coming in first place, and always the destroyer, Russia was number one. They just can't seem to get, get it together or, or get along. So with that said, let's go ahead and talk. Let's say... <laughs> With that said, let's go ahead and talk about the conversation of divorce. And for you, um, the listener, I just want to tell you, if you think we're going to be um, bad mouthing our, our ex, it's not going to happen. Um, mother of my kids, I love her to death. Uh, I have a responsibility to be an example of a man to my, to my children. And so, I, you know, she is a great woman, a great mother, great provider, uh, very successful person. So... My hat goes off to um, my ex, but still, there is an emotional roller coaster that you go on through the process from the beginning of that conversation until the end of the pro um, conversation, and that's what we're going to talk about. So, why um, we're going to open up, you know, with a, a young man? We're not going to do bios to today because you know this is personal. But um, when the conversation first came up with the D word. Um, how did you react to it or what, what brought that uh, about? Well, I would have to first place the context of culture. Okay. Um, divorce and the evil of divorce is a European construct. When you look at, Native society, Native culture, Native Americans, what I'm speaking of, indigenous, particularly um, society, the or orientation I'm coming out of as a Mashpee Wampanoag. The concept of relationship 
it's understood that people change. And with the notion that people change, the construct of marriage can change right along with it. So you might have a couple who is together and for whatever reasons drift apart. Now, this doesn't take away from responsibility to each other or responsibility to family per se, but that relationship shifts, it changes, it dissolves. She moves on perhaps to another husband or another partner. He moves on to another partner. This kind of thing happens. It's the um, nature though, when you look at Western society, first of all, the construct of marriage as we know it comes from the feudal period. And it was really to determine property ownership. And it was even to, to, when you look at it from the patriarch, it was to determine the wife as property right along with the cattle and the land and the house, etc. And when you even look at, like, for example, I was married and divorced and realized when I actually looked at the legal contract of marriage in the United States, realized that if I had really, re- you know, it was like when people sign a record deal, if I had really read this, <laughs> you know, the, the, the concept of marriage is beautiful. The construct of marriage is beautiful. When you look at the American legal system, there is absolutely no reason why a man should want to get married in the United States. I'm almost like if, if you want to, if you're, if you're an American citizen and you want to get married, go to South America go to the Caribbean, go to several countries in Africa, go to a few countries in South, in, you know, the South Asian region. Do not get married here. Now, I'm going to have to ask you why, because in the event that you are a resident of the United States and based on the state laws, um, does not the state laws dictate the outcome of that relationship once it's dissolved or you are married as long as you are um, license in another country. How does that work? The state law would apply in terms of the dissolution of the marriage, but in terms of the legal bind of the marriage itself, that's determined by where you were married, and then it becomes a matter of a recognized marriage. This is why you have people who leave the United States and get married, and when they come back to the United States as man and wife, it's that the United States recognizes this marriage. All right. That's what's take that's what's taking place. <laughs> you you just know you just put a loophole in divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might, might not be such a bad thing though. Yep, sweetheart, we're oh. going on vac- we're going on a vacation to get married. Or or if you want to or if you want to make it well, you know. Hi, honey, we're going to move to New York State or we're gonna move to um the state of Pennsylvania. And we'll just live together for seven years because common law marriage is fully legal and common law marriage is recognized in those states. So if you are common law married, you are then considered married whatever state you move to. Right. All right. And that's true in Massachusetts, too. Our, our, our common law marriage takes place after you've been domiciled with someone for 10 years. Yeah. Okay. So... And then there's the other side of what Wileen didn't talk about, which is we can go down to City Hall and we can write off whatever tax write-offs because I think there's, a, there's the business side to it that a lot of people don't look at, right? The business side is like, let's go and get these deductions. Let's get this write-off. Let's use this to buy this house. Let's use this to buy this car. And when you do that, like when you look at the Constitution, it basically says... If you don't own anything, you will never get rich in America because you need a business. You need to be able to write that business off. Usually people's businesses come out of their homes initially. And then after the business does well at home, it go it can go out and do well in the world. But again, the foundation of that business then is is founded or 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 has its foundation in the home. And so what that then says about the quality of that union 
from a business perspective is key because if the business goes bad, then basically what it's saying to you is the where is the marriage? Because what you're really getting married to do is be in business. Mm -hmm. If it's marrying for love, then we have to define what love is. And if love is all about an emotion, then what happens when my feelings change? Right? Um, but, you know, we can talk about the, the, it's the business that keeps you involved in things that you would regularly walk away from often, right? Because I've made this investment that I can't afford to, to walk away from. And that's why we hear it's cheaper to keep him or it's cheaper to keep her because we're going to lose a lot of money in the process of dissolving this business. So it's almost like starting a business with a friend. You say, hey, let's start this talk show. And say, all right, let's do it. Well, what happens in 15 years if you decide or in five years or in five minutes when you decide you want to go left and I think I want to continue to go right the way we've decided, the business is then dissolved. You can't even use the same name unless the partner says you can use the same name because it was the union of those two people that made that business a reality. So you have to write those things in at the beginning. That's like, it's like when someone says, so wait a minute, we're getting married, we're starting a business and we're writing a prenup. Yeah, we're writing a prenup for the business side of it. That's what protects the business. So um, it's a great question. Um, and I think that when we look at things on a, in a, maybe in a deeper way, we look at, we look at things differently because it's not the same focus. This is not just for love. And then what is love? Let's define love, right? So let, let me ask this. And Ife, I know he wants to ask a question. Um, so why do we as men, as black men, why do we get, get married if we have the understanding that this is a business when most of us have never actually ran a business before, but we enter into this relationship um, with running a business on the tail end of a word that's called love? Well, we're not. Why do we well, get married? Well, because that's not how it's explained to us. We're, we're socialized completely, you know. It, basically, you're hearing Warren and I after we've been to the puppet show and saw the string. So this, right. this is, this is right. the post-conversation. Right. The pre-conversation, you, you know, the, the, the why did you do it? Well, I wouldn't have done it if I knew what I just said. You know, but, um, I might, I, I'm sorry. I might not have done it if I knew what I just said type of thing. But um. We are socialized that we're supposed to find this partner. We're socialized that we're supposed to find this one life partner, the soulmate. We're socialized to look for qualities based on, based on the priorities of the people who raise us, their education level, their physical attractiveness, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we're taught that if when once we get into this relationship, we have to by all counts make it work. You know, um, we, you know, we, we talk about like for example, we talk about divorce rate. All right, let's talk about domestic violence within marriages that stay. Yeah, you know, we, we you know when, when we talk, you know, I, I often hear talk about back in the old days. People used to stay together. And I'm like thinking of times back, you know, couples back in the old days, quiet as is kept when you heard about he broke her jaw. Yeah. You know, they stayed married for 50 or 60 years, but when they were married for five or six, you know, good left hook, you know. So was this a healthy thing? No, this was a toxic marriage. This is a toxic situation that was held together. You know, so flip side, uh, flip side of that, I'm sorry, I'm going to add on to what Wanlin's saying. Flip side of that, you know, when we were, when we were jumping the broom, yeah. um, we, we weren't getting quote unquote married by Western standards, but we were married, we were dedicated. And it's, I mean, if you think like, like post-slavery post and then you think slavery times, right? And you think marriage, the, the unification of a man and woman um, when they were still a commodity 
at large in a, in, in, in a country that at, at one point during slavery, we couldn't even marry unless it made us more valuable to, to the slave master, right? Or our marriage added some benefit to the, to, to the community as of, of, of slavery, the slavery community, right? And so what does that mean? And I think as we, as we develop as people, right, whether we were moving the great migration west, we were going north, whatever was happening, right? We were all in places where if someone, if we were going before a minister and the minister said, do you, Mr. McLemore, do you, Mr. Ife, Mr. Naheem, Mr. Wally, Mr. Baikim? It's like, do you know what it took for me to get here? Do I? I've been doing this. Matter of fact, if I hadn't come here, I'd still be doing this. I'm only doing this to, so I don't have to have the, the quote unquote bastard, right? Or I'm only doing this so that I can prove to you the woman that you do mean that much to me. I'm not just playing, right? But again, I think that the the, the institution of marriage um, in America for for people of color has always been something different. You have to think. That, I mean, it wasn't until the 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 early '60s that they took down blacks and whites can't marry, right? Right. You used to have to go to a doctor to get approved to get married, right? In right. America. Right. So when you look at that and you say, well, that was that was the early 60s that that changed. Right. And with Roe versus uh, what is it? Roe, not Roe Ro, v. Wade. Uh, Roe v. Wade. Some of that stuff now becomes questionable because that stuff came at the same time. And it was like, we have to make this thing right for people to be able to be together. So when we really look at at marriage and we look at the institution and we look at the historical context of it, I think that a lot of reasons why we as people of color were trying to get married is because we were trying to emulate white folks. When it came down to what we were doing as far as being dedicated in a relationship and raising family and doing these things, we were always doing that. Um, and a lot of times we were doing that at our own at our own peril or the peril of our children, right? But when we when we really look at that and we look at, I'm gonna talk about something that seemingly is is not related. When we look at like um, the rise of Dr. Martin Luther King, right? The United States government said, well, where did this guy come from? Dr. Martin Luther King was was really supported and raised up by families, black families, black nuclear families, man, woman, and child all across the South places up here in the north and they said well we got to do the best we can to destroy the black family so that they can't lift up people from amongst themselves right because when you have a nuclear family things are going to work and uh, allow they're going to work they're going to work better or they're not it's just going to blow up in your face it's going to be very bad or it's going to be very good but the institution of marriage you would think that if you have a father at home you have a good model or you have a woman at home, you have a good model of what a woman should be, what a father should be, and that hopefully there'll be some kind of civility between them so that the child can say, oh, I'm gonna grow up to do what my mother and father did. They've been married for 30 years, 40 years, or I'm never gonna do what they did. I'm gonna find someone who's gonna love me and I don't wanna ever get married if that's what marriage is. Let, but allow, allow, allow me to flip Wally, Wally, one second, because oh. Ife, out of all of us, he is the only member that's not part of the founding member of the D Club on this. And I, I know him sitting here listening to, to this conversation, he's probably going, what? Yes. Want to jump in? Yeah. Um, one, for one, um, Bourne, thank you so much for, for being on the show. Um, you said something and it made me think of something. Getting married as a man based off of what society calls love and based off an emotion it just made me remind because I'm 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 the I'm probably the youngest guy on this, but you know I'm still kind of old school. I remember that Tina Turner song, "What's Love Got to Do with It," and the line she said after that, "What's love but a secondhand emotion?" So you know I'm understanding. We've had this conversation with with ladies, and now we're having it um, with 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 us as 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 gentlemen. Um, all too often, I, and I'm seeing where you're going with that point. We as men are taught 
to to make this major life changing decision based off of emotion or this thing that they call love when usually us men think logically like how does this help me now and for my future but in certain situations um because let's be honest we as guys we we're like okay this is the woman i want to be with i don't need the big ceremony but try to have a simple ceremony with a person that's been taught that the wedding is everything so you know i you know we're here to have these conversations and really flesh these points out and i see my my big bro naheem has a point he got his hand raised i know he's about to bring it so go ahead naheem <clears throat> well the point of marriage as we know it is a business i mean legally I know somebody that was living with their girlfriend for many years, but he never got divorced and he was divorced. He separated from his wife for 25 years. He died. His ex-wife, who was on crack, came, took the house and took the insurance. So it's a business that protects the woman you're with and it protects what you've established. Um, it's her It's her wedding, your marriage. I'm her right. wedding, well, your it. marriage. I love okay? Because okay. her oh. wedding, I'm, I'm getting ready to host a wedding. Earlier today, I had set up, I'm getting ready to host a wedding. And in hosting this wedding, I'm hearing this story. And I'm hearing why they're going to do renew their vows. And it's beautiful. And I'm glad to be a part of this whole picture. And and Born was talking about the nucleus and talking about how, um, you know, with the nucleus, when you got your nucleus, your source, how you can build from that, sprout from that, nothing can stop you. And hearing this person's story of how beautiful. And, and then she stops and says, well, you know, my husband wants to do this thing. And sometimes I'm confused. I don't know who, who's the groom or who's the bride. I said, no, it's your wedding. <laughs> it's your wedding. It's y'all's man. It's his marriage. But it's your wedding. It's your day. It's for you. That whole ceremony is for her. It's not for you. You already made the decision in the eyes of the supreme architect and yourself that you're going to be with this woman, love this woman, no matter what. I, I go to the store to buy myself a lollipop and I'm picking up something. I'm thinking about getting something for my girl because that's where I'm at with it. There's nothing else I want to do. I didn't need, I didn't, and historically, and you're African, <laughs> when a man chose this woman, there was a simple ceremony. This yes. other ceremony of swapping blood and doing all this thing and going down city hall and being registered and all that, that belongs in another place. That's designed for separation because also there was a time you couldn't get separated. You got married, I, I, that was it. I, 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 come on, I got cut off three times. I'm trying to go get ahead. that. I'll let you have it. Go <laughs> ahead. Yes, absolutely. No problem. No problem. <laughs> No, what, what I what I was saying was um, speaking to Bourne's earlier point. One thing is that we've been we've been force fed. I go back to the colonization point. We've been force fed a construct of this is a family. This is a family structure. This is the nuclear family. This is the nuclear family structure. When we look at the reality of family structure, and I'm I'm now leaving the Americas. I'm leaving black family, white family. When we look at the family structure, you can go through Europe, you can go through Russia, you can go through Asia, you can go through what I'm saying. When I'm saying Europe, it is part of Asia. It's West Asia. What am I saying? So you can go through the Asian continent, West or East. You can go through Africa. When you look at the family structure, it is not nuclear. It's what works. If grandpa is the patriarch then grandpa is the patriarch and we don't talk about, oh, well, there's no father in the home. There's a man, there's an older man in the home. There's an uncle, there's an older brother who is taking on that role. So the family is based on who is present. But then what we're taught in Western society is that this is the only model and structure. And again, it, now that speaks directly to what, to the point that Naheem was just making about the business structure. The nuclear family is a business structure. The nuclear family is modeled on the structure that the man goes to work and the woman stays home and takes care of the home. That wasn't, that's not always the family structure. And historically, that has not always been the family structure. That's the family structure that works in the business model, in the factory sense. And, you know, to speak also to Ife's point about love and marriage, let, let's, let, let's look at the farce of a royal family over in England, if we might. And um, the, 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 individual, the individual's about to step in now as the new figurehead of Britain. Um, he married because they needed an English bloodline in the family, in the British family, because the British family is German. 
and has been. The, the, the Tudors and the Windsors are German. And what was realized was we now need to intercept an actual British bloodline in, which is where Diana came into the picture because she was British and she was nobility. So therefore, you marry her and you have babies with her. Bear in mind, this is the same mentality that leads to, to the breeding of slaves mm. here in the United States. This is what's going because that concept of breeding supersedes their thinking. So you, you marry this woman and you have children with this woman because of the bloodline that needs to happen. You can have this woman on the side all you want. If this woman dies first, wink, wink, you can marry her, but you, but your children need to come out of this one. <laughs> this is the same, this is the same, and you know, and, and this is what was happening on the plantation. So this is, you know, the same thing happening on the plantation. Your children, you are big and this, and she's big and that. So all of your babies are coming out of her. This sounds a, a lot like uh, the synopsis to the Game of Thrones. You know, well, how, how, how do you keep it going? Let, let, let me mean, go. Let, I mean, let me go. One I, mean, let, I mean, let's take it to the Roosevelts. Well, let, let me you let know, me go on. Eleanor I, Roosevelt didn't have to change. Didn't have to change the monogram on her luggage when she got married. She married a cousin. I mean, same yep. thing as like, you know Jerry yep. Lee Lewis married yep. a cousin. Let, let, <laughs> let me stay stay on track because I, I want to mm -hmm. make sure to our, to our listeners that we keep them in, in, engaged and. Um, we want to move this forward because one of the things I want to do, do, I want to talk about, since you guys have mentioned that the marriage is a legal con contract like a business, I also want to know that 90% of every business starts off fails. And so the divorce rate is 50-50 right now within the, the first year. It's 60% within the, the, the sex, second marriage. So, you know, there is hope. In, when it comes to relationships. And when you look at the construct of a way that we as Black people were initially um, wed and joined together, it was for now and forever. And there was not an option until we adapted the European construct of what marriage was supposed to be about, is acquiring a piece of property, which happens to be your wife, if you were the man or whatever. But the tables have turned because the wife's in present day seem to be in a better emotionally and financial position than most men. But the key thing that I want to I, I want to talk about, because we are black men and we're talking about this on another level, I want to go ahead and, and mention that in the event that you are going through the process, there are a couple of things that you need to make sure you do. And I'm going to talk about the do's and Ife is going to talk about the don'ts. Stay specifically um, and educate yourself about the laws in your state before you even enter the conversations you have. Gather all the records and make sure that you have clear and clean uh, copies of your tax return, loan applications, wills, trusts, financial statements, bank uh, information, broker statement, deeds, et cetera, et cetera, and even pay stubs of your spouse before you even get involved in that conversation. Know what you own and also have access or find out if there's any hidden debt or anything that will be a common surprise in going through the, this process, all right? Also, because of the technology with phones and so forth, document video proof of the things that you have of value in the house, and that includes antique art, jewelry, and perhaps sentimental values that hold values to you or that have been inherited, so that way you can know your fair share. And I would also say, and I didn't do it in my marriage, and, um, and when the resolve of, of my marriage, because... I just wanted to make sure that when my sons grew up, I didn't want my sons to say dad masked his uh, his wealth or his success based on the back of his mother. Since that at that time, she had become very successful in her business. And my business was what started us out. So also make sure that, you know, you get your fair share. And it takes a lot for a man to ask something from from a woman. But. We also look at the other coin is that the conversation doesn't seem to have as much stress attached to it as it does when you are a man and someone's questioning if you're a man or not. Also keep close tabs on your legal fees because you have to understand a lawyer is in business and his responsibility is not to you and your family, but to a law firm. That's the reason why he bills you in the hour. He will, he will accept extra money for texts, emails, phone conversation, even if it says hello. You got to make sure you're clear on what you're being paid for, because otherwise um, you can resolve your marriage, but the only person that walks away happily ever after is the law firm that's attached to 
Johnson and Johnson or whatever the name may, may be. Check your social security benefits to make sure that when you reach the age of 62, that you're not leaving anything on the table. If there's something left to you and update and, up, and update every re registration type that you may need. You need to change your name. You need to change financial accounts, things you own jointly. You need to be aware, aware of that. And then also legacy documents, you know, your will, your estate planning, including your beneficiary names, uh, insurance policies and uh, insurance accounts. And those are the things that when you talk about the dues that you need to make note of. And I, there's a very mm -hmm. short list that EFA will go against with the the, um, the don'ts. And then we're going to talk about um, as black men, the, the roles we play in our, our, our children, the conversation we have explaining divorce and, and life after that. Ife, far away with the don'ts. Okay, so I got six divorce don'ts. And obviously, I've never been married. So most of these were pretty much a between the conversation me and Kevin had. Ife, Ife don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. That's the underlying message I am hearing right now. I'm just going to be like, I'm cold. I'm cool. I don't made it to this no, nice no, no. age. I got a birthday you, coming you up in a few when days. I'm just exactly. When I'm ready. Ife, yeah, I'm, I'm just joking with you. If if yeah. you if you if you like that car and you want to see it in someone else's driveway, it's okay. If that that house that you worked so hard hard for, mm. if you don't mind your neighbor living into it, it's okay. Mm. And, and Ife, you can sleep on my couch. She don't care. <laughs> yeah, she she don't care no more. <laughs> and and ladies said, and gentlemen, no, don't I, here. Ladies no and gentlemen, I I am just joking. I'm just joking. I believe we're we're, we're playing off of the stereotypes, but no, we we yeah. got because I got something for I got something for that. I got right. I got a response for your for your. Just go ahead. All right, go ahead. We'll get it. She okay. got the All gold right. mine, and I got uh -oh. the share. Oh, she got the gold mine, and I got the share. I, 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 I knew it as soon as I got a bunch of brothers on, on here. I was, this is going to be a chaotic conversation. <laughs> so, Ife, go ahead. Let, okay. Let's list the six don'ts real quick, and then we talk about the okay. children. All right. First point, Um, think about not holding on to the house. There are going to be certain items in the house, certain rooms in the house that are going to bring back sentimental memories. Memories that if you're divorced and you move forward may not may help you. And then this is a reality of our modern day. With that house comes two incomes, hers and yours. So if an income is missing, might want to reconsider holding on to that house. Um, two, look into the tax consequences of this divorce. Um, and if you have any friends that are good, um, like in accounting or, or, or tax accountants or stuff of the sort, even before the divorce happens, it's always good to have friends like that. So if you go through this process, you have someone you can rely on. Three, um, do not neglect health insurance. Sometimes there's health insurance for the family that's put in a spouse's name. When the divorce comes, that means um, it's a time to reshuffle and make sure that everyone has the proper coverage, especially if there's kids involved. So definitely look into that. Um, don't attempt to split the retirement accounts such as the 401k or the IRA um, that may have been set up unless, like I said before, you have somebody that deals with that stuff and can give you the proper documents and guidance so that that's done in a timely fashion. Um, five, don't roll over your ex's retirement accounts into an IRA, um, especially if you need money to finance the, the divorce proceedings, the, the court fees, the lawyer fees, etc. There may be a penalty with that. And then finally, um, do not spend lavishly during a divorce. I know a lot of people, when they're like, hey, I'm breaking up or I'm divorcing, I'm going to just spend that other person's money. That's their punishment. Don't do that. Do not do that. Um, That's a you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a time to be you know, fiscally responsible, financially disciplined, um, because that's, as we've, we've clearly explained through the course of, of this show, it costs. Um, marriage is a business. And if you don't handle your business correctly, it can hurt, especially in the pockets. So keep that in mind. Yeah. So to my listeners, I, I hope that you make uh, notes of um, these. And it's probably a lot longer list, but I want to keep the show um, under control. But if you look at um, the, our logo, Talking with Kevin and Son, there's a reason why. Um, we have this title. 
And when I brought my son in, involved in into this podcast, I wanted to teach him how to be independent in entrepreneurship. I also wanted to send a message as an example that all black men are not disconnected to the responsibilities of their children. When I wrote in my book, Dating with Full Deck, um, I also stated out, I said, women need to understand when, when you separate from the person that you were uh, once emotionally uh, connected to, you still have a responsibility for to hold that family together as mother and father. A young man learns how to be a man unless you're in a dysfunctional and a violent relationship from the first man that's in his life teaching them how this world reacts. And that's, you know, you, you brought this up earlier with the grandparents and whatever and the knowledge. But also for a, a young female, the first man that a woman learns to love is her father. And then what happens is if you that screwed up father, she goes, goes ahead, goes out and she duplicates a messed up relationship trying to find happiness. So um, we've all been through this process. Let's talk about divorce and the children. Uh, Naheem. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. You know, um, sometimes the children themselves feel like they need to take sides. Um, I'll just give you my perspective from when I went through. I didn't want my child to take sides. I just want her to love me because at the end of the day, I, I don't, I don't need you to take sides, just be my child. But sometimes when one of the parents decides to cut off everybody in the, in the family, <laughs> the opposite person's family, uh, and they separate and they move on, that pressure is also placed upon the child to make a decision because it's hard to balance both worlds and, you know, and financially be on top of it, be on top of it. And if you hit hard times, be communicate, communicate, explain the situation and then follow through. Um, it gets a little twisted. You know, there's a lot that goes on without having to get real personal about it. Um, but it could be a very, um, it could be a very tough thing. I mean, I, I, my brothers who I, who I, I know what they both, one raised his child, the other one, you know, raised all his kids. But at the same time, it was very easy for the women to toy with the children and to toy with you. Um, and when they're done with you in a divorce and they want to move on into their new life, they sometimes without consciousness put the same pressure on the child. So make sure you don't do that to your child. Don't put your child in a position where they got to make a decision about who to be with, who not to be with, um, Learn to mind, like, I don't want, during divorce with the child, it's very easy to badmouth a parent. It's very easy to do that, and you don't. I have to tell you right now, my child, my youngest, does not have a clue about anything on my end because I don't want you to look at, um, at someone through my eyes, listen to them through my ears, or talk to them through my tongue. You know, um, if I'm the bad guy, fine, I'll be the bad guy. But at the end of the day, one day you'll see the light for yourself. So it requires a lot of patience and tolerance and and, and, and enduring a lot of pain. Because see, we're men, we're not supposed to be emotionally painful, but it hurts. And sometimes that emotion could take you to a place where you can't function. I know when I went through it, I, I was no good. These two men that are with you on this podcast, with the exception of Kevin, will tell you I was no good because psychologically, when you financially, when your finances die and you're having trouble keeping up with things and you can barely get, you know, I didn't prepare safe ground for my future. See, when you get, make sure you got some money. So when yeah. you go through that divorce, you got some money to take care of your business. And because when you got to figure out how am I going to pull off where I'm going to live and how I'm going to get around and I'm going to eat and go to child support and take care of this baby, things can go real south and get real sour and, and I real, real bad. Naheem, because of this conversation, it's the reason why we are having this forum with black men, because there's a whole nother conversation. Where we're talking to our lighter and brighter spirited brothers. And Wahim, I know you've been dying to, to talk to, you know, to have this conversation and born. I'll get to you. Um, Ife, you better not have any kids. You haven't talked about yet. So, um, <laughs> Wahim, um, let's, let's talk about this. <laughs> um, well, the situation, again, when I go back to culture, your children are your children, regardless of marriage, divorced, or what have you, your children are your children. The other parent is the other parent. And these are the realities that you have to maintain and 
the most difficult thing can be, as my brother was just saying, holding your tongue. <laughs> and um, in my particular situation, I decided that I was going to fight for custody of my son, not so much because of my ex-wife as much as I saw her family as a problematic environment. And um, also living in a completely different state. So compiling all of these things decided that my only choice was fight for custody and received it. And it was, you know, it was a brutal experience. It was, a, and um, the interesting thing that you experience, that you go through with that experience is, particularly in a state like Massachusetts, it's notoriously pro-mother to the point that um, you'll have a situation where by all accounts, the mother is unfit and they somehow still find a way to convolute that. Like I remember, give you an example. I remember a situation where the mother was on drugs and had been neglecting the children and were, had been living with, the children had been living with the father for about two years and it finally got to court. And when it went to court, the father was then given temporary custody of the children. The mother was to go into rehab, which was to be paid for by the father's insurance. Mind you, she had abandoned the family for about two, three years, but it was his responsibility to pay for her rehab. And upon leaving rehab, the children would be returned to her custody. Um, why this case particularly stands out is because this was the landmark case in southeastern Massachusetts that began to completely change the structure of the automatic notion of children are best with the mother. Mm -hmm. And luck. so I was lucky um, that I was walking into a court that this was already the awareness of if the father presents himself as a fully capable parent as a provider. If there, you know, we look at the details of what caused the dissolution of the marriage, then you're on equal ground, which is does not happen in this state. But I was very lucky. But you know, and you know, again, it's always the situation. You know, keep your documentation, document everything, keep a log, even of even of uh, the exchange during visitation. Keep a log keep a log of, you know, when your child, you know, and it sounds paranoid, but when your child is going to visit the other parent, make sure you take a picture. Yeah, it's when business. The, yeah. <laughs> it's business, um, man. And, 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 and again, to speak to the, the business, to some extent, it's almost better to say, baby, I love you, let's form an LLC, as opposed to baby, I love you, let's get married. Hmm. It, would almost be, it would almost be better to, to write out a business charter and the two of you sign it and put like 500 bucks in the bank together. <laughs> that, that, would, that, would, um, that, that would in many ways be more meaningful to some extent. You know, I go back to the legal construct of marriage. In many ways, that would be more meaningful. Yeah, all right. Um, but, but, going back, but going back to the, the matter of the children and you know, the children, that is what becomes now the focus. And sometimes even in terms of when you're dealing with um, an ex, sometimes the ex can't, relate to the, I'm not focused on you. I'm not focused on us. I'm not focused on what used to be with us. My focus is our kids, our child, et cetera. So that really has to become, and that also is the, the thing that will get you through. All right. Which, I thank you, know, you for that. Let, let me go over to Bourne because I, I know he's got things back going back in his head. And then we're, we're going to talk about the day that we received the papers and let me explain to everyone what the, what the process is. Born, let's talk about the children. Um, man, I'm just thinking about Game of Thrones last night, right? Um, mother, mother, so kids, kids, let me not even go into Game of Thrones, but I think that really talks about the conversation that we're having. Of course, not everyone's going to be a queen who's going to say, you're going to do this and I'm going to tell you and you're going to obey me and you're going to, and you're going to do what I tell you. And I'm going to have these kids by another man. And, you you know, we're just going to have this relation, right? Um, I think that it, it 
children always is different depending on what state you're in. It's different upon what country you're in because different countries have different values for, for how they focus on um, children, how they focus on family, how they focus on, on raising kids. Um, um, there's a lot of arranged marriages in, in Asia and they're arranged so that money and business won't be an issue so that love love can grow that in and of itself is a is a thought um in my particular case with 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 my with my children what i always have done and continue to do with my children is for a time when they were under 18 i would always say to them respect your mother do your best to respect your mother listen to her do this well, dad, she talks about you like a dog. Mm. Well, why don't you say anything bad about her? Because mm. my issue with your mother or your mother's issues with me are not your issues. Right Much on. like what Naeem was saying, right? right they're, not, they're not, it's not even your business. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that a mother or, you know, whoever the other person is might talk badly about you or, or do things to diminish and downplay what you do or even your role as a figure in that child's life is really foolish because just think about how important both mothers and fathers are, right? And especially fathers of color, right? We're, we're very important because you need to know how to get through this maze called life, right? How do you negotiate this thing, right? And I think that I would say that when you're in, in woman states or seemingly states where it seems like the woman has a lot more play and a lot more say that you have to be very careful how you move because you could end up locked up never having had a record before because you can't deal with the stress of all the things that come you're broke mm. you don't have transportation you don't have the ability to to move like you used to move and in massachusetts i found this out when i was a, a child care counselor um they asked the mother if she wants to have the father drive or not like, so they give that ability to choose whether or not the father will be able to have a license based on whether or not the woman feels some kind of way. They also will uh, kind of change the way that they deal with you as, as a man, because the woman is going to get that, that top billing, right? And so you have to be ready to deal with that stress and that pressure. A lot of men can't take that. And then that, that conversation will devolve into something that becomes something physical. And then you're, you're double whacked because now your children have to see you behind bars, right? They have to come yeah. see you through thick glass and take a bus ride. But I think that, I think that both of the things that Naheem said and Waleem said are right on point. As a, as a parent, if our job is to make sure that we're being the best person that we can be, how do I become that living example that I want you to see, that I want you to hear? So I have to watch the way that I'm speaking. I have to watch the way that I'm walking. I have to even watch the way that I, I carry myself when I'm <laughs> upset because they could then say, oh, well, every time you're around mom, you're, you're mad and I can tell by your body language because you do this and your jaw gets tight. So there's so many things that we have to do in order to have control of ourselves as men when we're with our children so that our children are going to get to see us in the best light. And often um, once divorce occurs, that is the biggest challenge is to be seen as a positive because if we talk about a woman leaving a man, it was time. It was good. She needed to be free. It was, she was, you know, feeling, she came into her own energy. When a man leaves a woman, he's a dog. He's horrible. How did you do that? How could you leave her like that? And it's just not, it's not really fair because it's not balanced. The social focus on what men should do and what fathers should do is not the same expectation for women. And I think a lot of people automatically assume that every mother is a good mother. And a lot of mothers are not fit. Or make um, the assumption that right. some fathers aren't good either. Yeah, right. you're right. So let, let, let me go take it from, from here. Um, 
and, and I want to say this to, to, to our listeners, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect relationship. There's no such thing as a perfect mom or dad. But what makes a situation perfect is your commitment to your child to do best by your children. Even if what you had promised to your other half doesn't seem to work out. I say to women, do not push a good father out of your children's life because you could not get along. Fathers, do not allow yourself to be pushed out of your children's life because you cannot handle the stress of the pressure that's coming from the person that used to be your, your ex. Now, for my listeners, this is going to be a tough conversation for most of us because what normally happens in the process, and I'm hoping no one ever has to experience this, when you go through the process of filing for divorce, you're going to get a, have a conversation that says on this day, you have to sign these papers that says your divorce is final. And then all of a sudden, a couple of weeks later, it could be four, five, six weeks, you get a letter in the mail and it's a confirmation and it's, it's cruel that says that your your divorce is, is now finalized. I've said this and I've listened to Les Brown say this. He goes, the two most important days of, of your life is the day that you live the day that you're born and the day that you find out why. That little line in the middle is, is your, your, your life. When a divorce comes into play, no matter how brave, how strong, how good looking, how built we are, whatever, we are human. The emotion that you have lost someone that you have committed your heart to has changed. I know me, I, I sat for a minute and I reflected because I looked at the Christmases and the holidays with my, my children, the vacations, the conversations, the first ball that was taught. And I, I realized that, you know, now is everything is going to be complicated to see my kids at the end of the road until when they hit the starting gate to start their relationships. And the same as Naheem and all you guys have said, I've never said one bad thing about their mother because she's the mother of my child and I will love her for, forever for that. She gave me gifts that no other man or no other person can give me. No other success in my life can give me a higher gift than the children I've born in this world. So we're going to wrap this up really quickly. We're going to go around the table. Wayne, the day did you receive the letter? I was the one who sent it. <laughs> okay. Naheem, the day you received the letter. Um, I'll be honest. I don't remember. And I don't remember. I remember I got divorced in November, and I think it was 2011 or 12. I don't remember because after it happened, I, I just had to, I don't remember. I don't remember. And and that's something that's interesting that I don't remember. Because I think it was November 11th, and I'm just going to say that. I think it was November. And this November 11th was also the day my grandmother died. It was also the day that uh, the city city hall named Naheem Garcia Day. So <laughs> those are, there was a lot going you, on during that time. You had good days on a bad day. Born. Yeah, I don't, sorry, yeah. The date. The date, I don't remember the first date, but I remember the year. It was 2007. Um, I ended my first marriage. Um, my first marriage finally ended because my wife would finally give me a divorce. She, she refused to give me a divorce. <laughs> okay. Had an affair, refused to give me a divorce, and then... All right, we're, we're, we're not going to badmouth that. No, no, no. I'm not badmouthing. I'm not no. badmouthing her. I'm just simply stating what happened. I'm not. That's there's no badmouthing here. She wanted to get married to another man. So finally, because she met someone that she finally wanted to get married to, that's when she agreed to divorce me. So that's when that? that first divorce happened. Right now, I am in the middle of a divorce. Um, that I'm waiting for the paperwork to come to me so I can, so I can blow on it to make it dry or put it under a heater to make sure that it's, it's, it's for real. And I'm going to, I'm going to put it under glass this time and I'm going to hang it on the wall and I'm going to forever be able to see it and go, that's why, you know, and that's a different conversation, but that's why marriage is not, you know. What it just it, got real interesting. It just right. got real interesting. Well, you know, you know, this this can last forever. We did this conversation earlier with a, a group of women, and it was a totally different tone. And when you talk to uh, black men and understanding what this is, I am so glad we got this conversation. 
Um, you know, I'm the author of Dating with, with a Full Deck. You know, uh, I learned a lot through my divorce. And um, I wrote it in my book. And Naheem, you've read it. Um, uh, Ife, you've read it. And I didn't hold back any, any secrets. I didn't know how to date once we were, um, once I was out of that situation. Um, but I dedicated the book to my ex. All right. So, I mean, we'll have another show from that. But we I, I got yeah, because I got to ask. I got to ask the question since since I don't know, maybe this is not that because okay. I did read it and you did dedicate it. OK, let, let, let me ask. You, go ahead and ask the question about the book and tell me what your spin is on the book. And we'll end from there. Naheem. Awesome. Well, the book is an instruction. It's an instruction on, you know, how to go about living your life after death, so to speak. That's the way I'm going to put it. Um, the question I had is not so much about the book because the book, the book is self-explanatory. It's more about you dedicated the book to her. Now, I get it, but why? Why was that important to dedicate it to her? Was that out of was that out of a little bit of spite, a little bit of, mm, I survived, I got through it, I got through it, and, and you, didn't, you didn't break me up, you didn't break me down, or was that, or was that like sincerely like Thank you, because I wouldn't have been the man that I am now to be able to embrace what I got now. It, it, it was that actually, truthfully, it was the latter, because there are a lot of things that I was going through in the relationship. And because I kept putting her feelings over mine, thinking that one day she was going to recognize my feelings. And I said, if I had taken the lessons that I passed on to the people that that now are reading this book and if she had been open and receptive to that conversation, I'd have probably still be married to her today. You know, and that's the, wow. that's, the that's the difference between when you're in a relationship, a lot of times we don't communicate well. And it's easier to, to ball up our fists and throw things and, you know, say hurtful things to people than, than to actually work, work it out. I, I, I will tell you, just like any business, marriage is tough. There are going to be good days that the money is going to be free flowing and everything is going to be happy. But, mm -hmm. you know, how many times the storms come in and you've ridden out the tide? Yeah, you have to go in and put the lawn chairs back in your yard when they end up as somebody else, you have to overcome a conversation with a relative that normally does not value your position in a relationship. But at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself why you even got involved. None of us ever entered this contract as a business. We enter the contract because we see happily ever after at the end of the world. <laughs> All right. And then what happens, it gets complicated because we start getting advice from friends, families, we start reading Oprah. We start looking at, you know, The View and all these other shows and whatever. And then all of a sudden we get around our buddies and go, I'm going to kick that broad out. You know, I ain't taking yeah. no more of this or whatever. And don't have no um, sour buddies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And it's, and it's just like I say in the book. You know, you know, when you're having hard times and you're a woman, the last thing you want to do is take advice from a woman that ain't got a man. She doesn't want to see you happy. You know, and the first thing she's going to do is say, do this, do that and whatever. And, you know, I learned through looking at my grandparents' uh, relationship. My grandmother didn't have a ring for 55 years of their marriage. I always thought that they had the happiest marriage. Did I know that there was infidelity, financial discretion, alcohol involved in that? But they stayed together. And when I asked my grandmother, she goes, I'm not sending this, this uh, man out there to be with someone else. Took me all these years to train him. Why am I going to leave <laughs> the best part? All right. So if you want to know the answer why, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you, divorce is easy. It's a cop-out. If I put you on an island with the worst person in the world and said you had no chance of survival and you got cold, 97.6 is a lot warmer than 97.6 by itself. When the mm. storm comes in and you need shelter and you can't handle a knife and a hammer and he's sitting there someplace cold, I mean, nice and dry, and you sit up there with him, things change. You know, when you get to the, the point that you're a man and you don't communicate well, and the only conversation you have with this woman is that conversation, you start paying attention to the conversation she has to start meeting her needs. And when you get hungry and only one of you can fish, you know, after three days, everything starts to look good for you. And when you have mm -hmm. no other out, what do you do? It's like anything else. You survive and you work it out. So with that said, We've enjoyed a lot of conversation and we went in one direction and came back to another. Hopefully we pulled you in. If you like what you've heard, go to RMK Productions and Network on our YouTube page and subscribe and follow. And please share this. 
If you'd like to be a guest on RMK Production or Talking with Kevin and Son, or even on our Motivational Sundays with Kevin and Friends, we're going to go live soon. Um, please reach out to us at info at rmkproductions.org. You know, my grandfather always said, when you get to a place you can help someone else, it is your duty to do so. Reach one, teach one, and I'll fade to black and we're out.